If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Yo, what up? This your boy Lil Zane. And I'm off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastards. Yeah. These niggas act like my rolly, Cause all they do is watch, watch. All right, y'all. So we have the legendary Lil Zane sitting with us off yeah. the porch. We gotta get into the drip check, cause you came with all the ice. Like, what's up with it? No, I just I just be like this though. Like this is me on a regular day, I swear <laughs> to God. Like I did not try to come on this show and put on extra, like. I mean, I'm sure it's people out there that got way more jewelry than me. This is just like, I, I, I actually came from a video shoot. I actually oh, wow. came from a video shoot. So if I wasn't at a video shoot, I probably would have been a little lighter. All right. And we see you brought the squad with you in the back. Who is all sitting with you on the porch today? Man, that's a squad. That's my man, YGFS Junior, your girl, favorite singer. <laughs> I got my dog, D the Problem. You know what I'm saying? I got my dog, RG Mac, you know what I'm saying? Right here. I got my dog, Gerard, with me, you know? Yeah, he kicking it. Fresh off a of video shoot. All right, so you know we got to take it back, take it all the way back real quick. Yeah. So I want to talk about your upbringing and you being from Atlanta. How would you describe it at that time? Me being from Atlanta growing up, for me it was like the music scene was just taking off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got, you know, I've been in Atlanta for a minute, so I started to, I started really, really young too. Like, so, um, you know, from, you know, when I was in Atlanta, you had like Tupac and, you know, growing up, people I listened to, Tupac and Jermaine Dupree, you know, Money in the Thing was out with Jay-Z and Jermaine Dupree. So, you know, it was like growing up watching that, people like, you know, like them do it, like Tupac, like Biggie, you know, that made me want to do it too. You know, and then you had kid artists out, like, you know, Criss Cross was out being from Atlanta, all those artists, Lil Scrappy, you know what I'm saying? All them artists from, I mean, Lil John, Lil Scrappy and them, Eastside Boys, all them artists like that coming out of Atlanta made me want to do it too. And um, I was watching one of your interviews and you spoke how when you were younger, you used to perform in your mom's shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to perform at my mom's, my mom's job. She used to, um, in like hair salons and stuff, like she used to be um, getting her hair done on Beaufort Highway on the north side. And um, I used to perform in the little salons. And then one day I was like performing and the lady was like, you need to put them in the talent show. And I was in a group with my cousin and my brother, so she put us in this talent show. She listened, my mom listened to her, put us in the talent show. We was in the talent show with like a bunch of different artists and stuff. And one of the artists was actually Usher. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
So going against Usher at that time, how was his like vocal range? Crazy? Yeah, I mean going against Usher, come on, he was singing end of the road. He was singing end of the was I think I was coming out and I was think I was doing a crisscross song, like we was doing warm it up or something by crisscross. And then he would come out with that end of the road and just kill it, like with the ladies, like so he beat us in the talent show at the end of the day. But um he ended up getting a record deal with LaFace and I ended up getting a record deal with um RCA. And you signed your first deal at like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Signed my deal when I was a baby, yeah. What does a 12, how does a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old move in the industry? Like, how are you moving so young like that? I mean, I was hanging out with a lot of gangsters. I was with a lot of gangsters, like OGs, like, you know, people like Diddy, Too Short, Dallas Austin. You know what I'm saying? A lot of OGs in the game, like, I grew up around them, you know? So, um, you know, being a kid, moving through the industry, I was like, I was different from a lot of other kids because I would be in the same clothes. You ever went to school in the same clothes you had on yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> like, not on, but not because not you had to, but just because you was out so late at the yeah. studio or whatever as a kid that you just didn't have no time to change. You went home, went to sleep, woke up. And, and just went to school with the same clothes. So in school, my when I was young, my, my schedule was crazy. I was I was performing, traveling the world, still trying to go to a public school, you know? So I was in the same clothes sometimes, two days in a <laughs> row, not because not I was bumming, but just because I was moving around so much as a kid. Um, and that's one of the things that I do remember as a kid, like going to school, having the same clothes on. And um, I remember missing a lot of days at school, you know, because I was so, so busy as a kid. One time I got my whole school out of out of um out of school to come to a video shoot. What? Yeah, we was like twelve and I got the whole school. They they let <laughs> the school let me use the buses and everything. Took the whole school to I think it was Gresham Park or something like that. And we That's did a video crazy. shoot. It was it was crazy. Like You know now if you was to try to do that, you'll catch all type of hell. Like yeah, why yeah, are the yeah, kids not yeah. in school? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so we was breaking all type of rules back then. But um back then it was more you know, it's more lean. You have all this crazy stuff going on and stuff. So, you know, we, those are the those are the good days. Yeah. And going back to Tupac, you actually got to speak with him, and I want you to tell us about that story. Oh, like um, one time, the first time I met Pac was at um, Jack the Rapper. Um, I was a kid again. I was probably like nine, ten years old. I met Jack the Rapper. I remember, I remember Pac and I'm um, no, so I remember Death Row and like. Uncle Luke getting into a fight, a big ass fight. Like chairs was being thrown, <laughs> bottles was being cracked over niggas' heads. And I'm like nine, ten years old watching all this shit. You, you was know? in the were you in the club at and No, we was in a we was at a, a, a the Hyatt Hotel downtown. We was at the Hyatt Hotel and they used to have these big Jack the Rapper functions and stuff downtown. And it's kinda like the AC three now. It's kinda like shit like that where it was this big festival or function that all the rappers would go to. And um, that's when I met Tupac there. This lady named Mary Jo Moore introduced me to Pac. And um, it was me, my group, and that nigga Pac was like, you know, let me hear y'all rap. And I started rapping my shit. I think my cousin them was scared to rap. I think they got, I think they was a little, I can't remember. I think they was shy to rap, but I was always ready to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I started rapping. And that nigga Pac was like, yo, you know, this nigga mommy and me growing up. And as a kid, I think that kind of like, you know what I'm saying, that kind of did something to me like, shit, all right, shit, 
I could be like the best, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's where it's like, as a kid, I, I was a little different from other people because when you get to meet people like Pac, mm-hmm. come on, I was a kid meeting Pac, I was 10 years old and I met Pac, hanging out with Pac and the Outlaws, like, yeah. And did you guys, were you guys able to keep in touch like before his passing? Um, last time I seen Pop, I think I was 96, so I was a little bit before he died. I think it was in Atlanta somewhere, like in the mall in Atlanta. I think it was like Lennox or some shit like that. You know what I mean? But um, nah, I didn't really get to chop it up with him. It was just like a what's up. You know, he had fans, all that shit around him. Right. You know, but after he passed away, I did keep in touch with the outlaws. I ran into the outlaws, you know, got songs with the outlaws and shit like that. I ran into them when I lived out in LA. And they was real, like, real cool and real, like, receptive of me. You know what I mean? Um, being that they just lost Pac and people used to compare me to Pac all the time. Like, but they really was like, come in the studio real quick. You know what I'm saying? Let's do a song. Mm-hmm. See if you be trying to be like Pop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went in that motherfucker and just spit that shit. I think I was like one of the first niggas finished my verse. You know what I'm saying? EDI did the beat. And um, so I think right then they just seen like, this nigga different. You right. know what I'm saying? He probably studied Pac a little bit, but he definitely, he a star though. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's funny that you said that because like when I was looking at comments and shit, they was like, Oh, I remember when he tried to rap like Tupac, and I'm like, oh my god. Everybody always say I tried to rap like Tupac. My thing is this, like this, man. Kobe tried to be like Jordan, right? Growing up, Kobe wanted to be Jordan, right? Dog, when you be playing ball, tell it, this is a ball player right here. This is my dog, YG. Right. YG, when you be playing ball, who you be like? Kobe, Jordan. Every time. Every time, nigga. Every time. Kobe. Okay. So y'all y'all be mad at my nigga when he get in the NBA. Y'all be mad at my nigga that he he wanted to be like Kobe. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is this. As a young dude, I just wanted to be like the best. People right. don't know. My favorite rapper, really, 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 if you want to be real, my favorite, favorite rapper out of all of them was probably like LL, Ice Cube, you know what I'm saying? Like, but Pac was just always on the news, superstar. TV, movie, had the bitches, had the cars, the money, the niggas. So it's like niggas wanted to be like Pac. And people always say, I want to be like Pac, but it's like, I never threw a bandana around my head. I never went and got tatted up. You know what I'm saying? I could tell you a million niggas that sound like Pac. That y'all niggas, that got bald heads and wore tattoos (laughs) and had the deep voice. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna name At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. No names, but like, I can show you me and niggas that try to sound like Pac. I think, you know what I'm saying, I just, I don't know what it was. Um, And then, you know, I'm going to keep it real. I listened to a lot of Pac. I didn't try to sound like Pac. I think it was just by accident. 
I don't think none of these niggas ever met Pac and niggas said, you mommy and me when you growing up. That'll make a nigga, you know what I'm saying? Right. That'll make a nigga, if you got a big brother, right? You trying to be like your big bro. If you hanging with somebody, he's doing the same thing you want to do. You look up to that man, you know what I'm saying? My little niggas look up to me. My little niggas, I got big niggas that's older than me that look up to me. Why? Because I'm doing something they want to do. Or I'm doing something that, so it's, that's all it is. It ain't about mm-hmm. age, it ain't about, I seen what Pac was doing and maybe I listened to him so much that I was influenced and didn't really notice it. Cause I think my dad even told me one time, my dad was like, my dad, my dad did tell me one time, and I never forget. My dad said, whoever you listening to at the time, he said, Zane, you can imitate anybody. Cause I'm an actor, that's what makes me a great actor. I, I, I'm a sponge, I could look at you, how you sitting with your phone like this, if I watch you long enough, I can emulate you. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. <laughs> I can emulate your whole voice. I can emulate. You know, remember that game back in the day and they'd be like, do like me? Right. You know what I'm saying? So as a kid, it's like I got a photographic memory. You know what I mean? So when I seen Pac doing what he did and I seen Biggie, I took a little bit from everybody. I write like, you know, I might, I like the way Pac said this. I like the way Biggie said this. I like the way LL, you know what I'm saying? Fucking had the girls like here. I like the way. Q told the stories. I'm all that in one package. You know what I'm saying? But I think, I will say that, though. I will say, you know, back in the day, I probably was pocked the fuck out. I think a lot of us was pocked the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's you, it's your, it's y'all motherfuckers' fault. Y'all niggas went and bought this shit. I didn't buy this shit. I was at the crib making this shit. Y'all went and bought this shit. You know what I'm saying? So y'all got to look at y'all stuff and say, damn. Maybe we was missing Pac. Maybe he filled a void that we was missing. You know what I'm saying? And then after all these other niggas came out, y'all just kind of threw me away and shit. Like, all right, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I did take a note of that, what you're saying is about just as far as people comparing me to Pac. And, um, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. I'll let you finish. But I did take note of that, and I will, just to make it, make it shorter. So you could, if you had to bring this back, the answer to that would just be, yeah, everybody was a little pocked out back in the day. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Everybody was. And fast forward to your solo career, because I know you were in a group with uh, some of your family members, correct? Yes. And so with that, how did you end up breaking away from that group that you were in? Um, It wasn't really like a breakaway. It was more like we just went separate ways. Like my cousin moved to Florida. My brother started getting into more, you know, sports and arts and stuff like that. And you know, I just continue writing and staying in the studio and, you know, music is just something I always wanted to do. You know, I always had a passion to just do music. So it was probably a hobby to some other people. To me, it was like my life. You know, music always been my life. Like the first thing, the last thing, the middle thing, the next thing that I want, the only thing I ever wanted to do. Now, yeah. getting into your solo career, you popped it off with 112. Yeah. So, I know that you were on tour, that you went on tour with them as well. I want to hear like some crazy tour stories because that's like the bad boy era. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it was wild. They was wild. And I want to hear. You called us the bad boy era? Not okay. the bad boy era, but you oh, know Oh, the what bad I mean. boy, like, like, like entertainment. Okay, yeah, yeah, bad boy was popping. Um, I mean, some crazy stories I could tell you, like, man, some crazy stories I could tell you, man. 
I can tell you like, you know, about me or 112? I'll tell you about me. I ain't gonna stitch on nobody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, me, you know, being on trouble, being on tour 112, one, one crazy story I could remember is just like, you know, just a, just a, just a different, you know, we'll be on a tour bus. Girls will hop on a tour bus with us. You know what I mean? We might be in New York, you know what I'm saying? And then I'll be like, we on the way to Virginia. And then she might, can I ride? You know what I'm saying? From <laughs> where y'all are too. Yeah, Virginia. girls that hop on the bus. They hop on the bus from wherever they at. And then they just want to ride. And then like after like three, four days, my manager would be like, yo, what we going to do with them? <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, and then I asked her, I'm like, where are you going to go? And then she's like, you know, I just want to ride with y'all. So then. Wait, so did y'all have to take care of the girls, like give them food, like all yeah, of that I mean, stuff? of course I would take care of the girls. I would mm -hmm. take care of them. But like, I'm a nice guy. So like, sometimes women be trying to take, they try to take advantage of that. So and you I were always, young too. Yeah. So I always have like my manager, somebody or my homeboy that got to be like the bad person. Like, I right, look, y'all got to go. You know what I'm saying? Then I'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I look like that. And then there's a lot of girls got left in different cities. And I mean, of course, I like gave them like plane tickets. Because we going this way and you got to go back that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I had to pay a lot of bus tickets and plane tickets. And you what? know what I'm saying? It was a lot of, it was a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? I had, I had time. Okay, crazy story. We had about 500000 worth of jewelry one time in a, in a suitcase. And we was running around, man, you know chasing chasing chicks and you know running on the beach and stuff like that and we were about to get in the taxi my, my manager was about to get in the taxi and his dumb ass had the box with all the jewelry in, and i guess the chick came by or whatever and he started talking to the chick mm -hmm. he put the box down and this nigga jumps in the cab and he leaves off and leaves the box with five hundred thousand worth of jewelry in the middle in of the, the street and somebody oh. grabbed that shit, and that shit was gone to this day 500,000? Back then, 500,000 worth of jewelry. Not this, not the jewelry niggas be having now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about back then, the real $500,000 jewelry. Okay, I wanna know how, like, how did y'all react to that situation? That's a lot of money that got took. In man, niggas arguing with each other and shit. It's your fault, man, it's your fault, man. <laughs> you stole the shit, man, you probably stole. Man, go look upstairs and see if it's up. Nigga, I just seen you leave. I just seen the car, you know what I mean? It's, it was so much, it was like, who can you be mad at but yourself at that point? You know what I mean? And during this time, how old were you? I'm like, ooh, like 19, 18. 19, 18? Yeah. So when you, when y'all dropped anywhere with 112, how old were you? Like 17. Okay, the yeah. video shoot. Yeah. The video shoot was wild. The like, video shoot on anywhere, I could tell you a wild story about that. I mean, I ain't gonna tell you the lady name or nothing like that. But like, anywhere is like my first video. No, the first video she ever went to was Brat Funkify. I was a baby, I was at that video. But anywhere, when I walked on set, it was all white. And you know, it was this one girl, she danced behind me in the video, we gotta find her. She just like wanted me to be her first victim, bro. Like she just, she just wanted to be my first groupie. I don't know whether she wanted to be the first victim. Like, I want this Zane dick. Like she wanted it first, right? And that was my first video vixen I ever been with. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, your first vixen. But you know how like you meet a girl on the set and you actually like hit that. You know what I'm saying? 
So you gotta remember me, I'm fresh out the hood. I'm fresh out the hood. It's about 30 bad ones and all white. And then she just kept like asking and I'm like, you know, I think I lied to say I was 18, 19 I'm or sure. something. You know what I'm saying? To that thing in the dressing room was like, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? And uh, after that, you know, that was my first little just, you know, that was my first little video, my, my video vixen. And fast forwarding, not fast forward, but to go back to the single Anywhere, how did that exactly come about? The single Anywhere came about where my, my manager at the time was managing 112. And um, he just called me to the studio and was like, he took me to the studio. And was like, I want to surprise you, I want you to hear something. So I went to some studio in Atlanta. Forgot exactly which one, it was in Midtown. And then we pulled up, you know, we was in the Black 500. Pulled up to the studio, 112 was all in there. They was working on, you know, they had the song done. They let me hear the song real quick. And I was like, just give me a few minutes. I'm gonna go back to the house, write my verse real quick. So he drove me back home. About 15 minutes later, I called him back. I was like, all right, I'm ready. So then he came back and got me, went to the studio, just laid that shit down in like one, two takes. Them niggas was going crazy. I'm talking about going crazy. Like imagine, imagine nigga leaving and coming back like 30 minutes later. And it's just, and one take that bitch, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so they was going crazy. And then I think, um, you know, that's how, that's, that's how I remember it happening. Just, just the excitement of just them being in the studio was already, the song was already done. It was just waiting for my verse. And I went in there and did my thing, you know what I mean? And how was y'all's dynamics with each other? Oh, those my brothers, like, they was, I was always, they were, I was always crazy to them. 112 think I'm crazy, man. <laughs> I think 112, 112 has seen my wildest days. Like 112 think I'm probably crazy. Like they know I calm down now, but like. When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Back in the day, they used to just be like, saying crazy ass, dog. Like, we used to have the hotel so crazy and, like, backstage be so crazy. Cause you got women everywhere. Yeah, because you got to remember, they, you know, they the R&B, they the distinguished gentlemen. Then here I come, like, what's poppin', baby? The you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> and I'm, like, 10 years younger than them at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like... So it's because people don't know it's a it's a big age difference between me and 112. They really took a baby on the road. They really took a like a little kid basically on the road and raised me. You know, I was like 16, I think, when I first met them. Like I had anywhere out probably anywhere was done for like two years before it came out. Mm -hmm. So it's like I met them probably when I was 15, 16. You know, so um, they saw my craziest, craziest, craziest times. You know. So if you want to ask, learn some wild stories, you got to ask them. I got to ask them. They probably got hella wild <sighs> stories. Yeah. 
I do know that you were um, at one point in between choosing whether to go with Priority Records or sign to Bad Boy. So what made you end up going with Priority instead of Bad Boy? Um, well, what happened was I was in New York and my manager called me in the room with Diddy. Him and Diddy called me in the room. And um, Diddy was like, look, man, I want to sign you, dog. You know what I'm saying? Just like that, straight up. I want to sign you, but you know what I'm saying? Out of respect, out of this dude, because him and my manager was friends at the time. He's like, out of respect, you know what I mean? I want to know. Like, he wanted to hear, I guess my manager was like, nah, dog, I want him to, he wanted to hear, Puff wanted to hear me say, <laughs> I'm going to sign with him instead of you. Because, like, you know how you got a homeboy and you like, well, I'm asking myself. You know what I mean? It was, I felt like it was that situation. I don't know if it really was, but I felt like it was a kind of, all right, well, let's see what he got to say type shit. So they pulled me in this little room. It was so mafia-like, too. It was crazy. Pulled me in a little room and stuff and was just like, yo, I want to sign you, but, you know, I want to know what you think about, you know, signing to me versus signing to dude, you know? And I was my answer because I'm such a loyal dude. I was just like, look, if he fucked me out of some money, I know exactly where he live. I could find this nigga. I said, Puff, if you get me, I don't know where you be at, dog. Like, and I think I said that to him on my mama. I'm like, Diddy, if I had problems with this nigga, I could get at this nigga. I'm like, you bigger than life, nigga. Like, you gonna send somebody I'm gonna stick me. where I'm at, dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. Let me get my money, then I'm gonna come fuck with you. But me and this nigga, I can handle this nigga. I don't, you, you, you on another level, dog. You know what I'm saying? And I think that for one, I was probably stupid as hell. I should have took that deal. But then I can't say that because, you know, a lot of artists that was on Bad Boy, people say had a jinx. Like, you know what I mean? The Bad Boy curse? Yeah, the Bad Boy curse. You know, everybody oh, yeah. wasn't, you know what I mean? I, I fuck with Puff to the foot. I'll mess with Puff to this day. But a lot of, I just feel like it was a lot of situations where people didn't handle their business. Right. A lot of times artists don't handle their business and blame it on other people. So shout out to Puff. I wouldn't say that. That wouldn't have been my situation because I was going to handle mine. But if I could redo it over again, I probably would have did the same thing because I'm just loyal. Like, I just told Puff just like that, like in a joking way, like, I could find this nigga. I know where he live. I know where he from. I know his mama. I don't know nothing about you, my nigga. And I think he respected that, like, you know, on some, on some like, okay, this nigga loyal, you know? Yeah, so that's how, that's how, that's why I wasn't signed to Bad Boy. But ever since then, he still, I think he respected it so much, he still, um, he did remixes with me. He took mm -hmm. me on tour with him. He put me in videos. He let me write for him. So I was almost like the world thought I was signed to Bad Boy for a minute because he put it out there like that. But I was never signed to Bad Boy, though. Now we have to talk about your first album, Young World, The Future. So mm. that one right there, show. I remember another interview that I watched. You talked yeah. about being on tour for like two years and then you realized that the album hasn't came out yet. Yeah, man, we was on the road for a long time. I think the label was just trying to figure out what they was going to do with me. Um, again, I always thought my music was, I always thought my, my, my personality was bigger than my music, you know? Um, and I think that they were just trying to figure out, they had, they had never seen nothing like, like, and that Priority, if you know Priority, the history of Priority Records, they had, they known for like Master P, Ice Cube, different stuff like that. They had never had a Lil Zane. You know what I mean? Young, 16, 17, coming out there. They had never had that. So I think they were just all kind of confused on what to do with me too. 
Um, my first single came out. Um, it was out for a long time. It was probably out for like six months, a year, before we even dropped another single or album. And I was just on the, I was on a roll for a hell of a long time. It just one day we just looked up and I was like, dog, we've been on the road for like two years, my nigga. I think the tour bus bill came. I think the tour bus bill came. It was like two million or something like that. I was like, damn. The bill was two million? Yo, the bill was crazy. Cause they was building us like, at this point we had the tour bus so long, I think they was building us like by the month or something like that. <laughs> and when I went back to look at the records, like how long we been on tour? And I looked at the records, that shit was up in the millions. And I was like, damn, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something, drop an album or something. And um, we ended up dropping the album like a year later. I'm like, it was crazy. It was did, crazy. Did the excitement kind of lessen because they waited so long to drop it? Um, and that's another thing. Of course, I think some of the excitement died down. If you know the business now, you know when you hot, you gotta jump on it. Of course, the, of course the excitement died down. But I think that my fans are so loyal and at the time, it was nothing out, it was nothing out like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really did have something different and do have something different. It's like, I feel like the, the fans just stuck by me, they waited. You know, because when I did drop that second single, None Tonight, that shit was number three, number four on the rap charts. I think, I think we reached number two on the rap charts. Somebody, like I don't know if we did number one, like number two with that. Calling Me was number one for like 12 weeks in a row. You know, None Tonight probably was like number two, number three, peaked, and, um, and this is six months later. So I think that just shows like they still were engaged because I was on Next Friday soundtrack. I had the song with Anywhere. So it wasn't like I was gone. I just, my project was on hold and they was eating that Anywhere up. People was like, fuck it, if he ain't got nothing new, I'm just gonna keep buying this shit. Cause right. that, any, that, that calling me single, cause it had, we had actual singles back then. Like you can go to the store and buy singles. My calling me single did like five, 600,000. You know what I'm saying? Easily. And no single really stays. I mean, now we do. At that time, no, you wouldn't even leave a single out that long. You would probably sell like 50,000 records and then they'll put the album out. They'll make you go buy the album. So for that single to stay out there so long to sell that many records, like people only go platinum now on singles because it's a singles game. Back then it was an album game. So if you put a single out and you left that shit out to sell 300,000 records, it was kind of stupid. Cause it's like, damn, if you would have snatched a single. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Go back. They would have bought the album. And mm -hmm. I think that's why the album didn't reach the peaks that it should have reached because we kept them singles out there so long. You know, if you give people a choice to spend $10 to buy this or a dollar, $2 to buy the shit they really want, what they gonna do? They gonna buy the, they gonna spend the $2 to buy the shit they want. And that's why back in the day, they used to take the, take the singles off the shelf to make you buy the album to go get that song you wanted. You get what I mean? And I think I got caught up in that when I let the single stay out too long, but we put the album out the album, the album went crazy. I think we had the first week sell was slow, and then what they started noticing is in every every week my sales would go up to at one point to where it was just like 
damn, this nigga doing 40,000 a week. This nigga doing boom, boom. It started going crazy. And um, eventually the album went gold and on its way to platinum right now. You know what I mean? So that was like my favorite album to this day because it was just the excitement behind it. You know and I mean? like you stated before, Money Stretch was actually on, it was next Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. So did they hit you up like, hey, you know, your song is on next Friday or you already knew that it was going to be on there? Um, You know what? They hit me up. I did the... I did the song Money Stretch um, in Atlanta, and I think well, I think they they just called us and was like, "We need a song for for this for this next Friday soundtrack," and um, I think they just submitted the songs. So I don't know how that happened, but they submitted the songs to them and they picked that one. You know what I mean? So, but I don't really I don't really know the story behind how it got got on there. That's awesome. Yeah. And now that we spoke that you toured with 112, I do know that you toured with way many people after that. So I kind of want to ask you, who was your favorite person that you toured with? My favorite person. You can't say 112 either. So no, I'm not going to say already... 112. <laughs> My favorite person I toured with, um, I toured with Trick Daddy before. I toured with... Um, Damn, you're about to make me start thinking, huh? I toured with Scrappy before. That's all my that's always my dog. Scrappy my dog. I toured with Lil Scrappy before. Um Akon. Um I don't know, I enjoy all my tours. I don't really have the best, the most, the 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 favorite tour, you know. Or what I mean? the wildest tour. Like the who wildest had the tour? wildest tour? Oh, that's different. Now when you say the wildest tour. <laughs> The wildest tour might be like that Scream tour. Oh, that yeah. That Scream tour. Now, the Scream tour, when I did like me, Bow Wow, it was B2K. The first Scream tour, not the tour they're doing now. I'm talking about like the, the first very... Scream tour. Like, now that was a wild tour. Yeah, that was a wild tour. Oh, yeah. I know the one uh, that they had with Pretty Ricky, too. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that... No, I think the first one was wild. Now this one's probably kind of wild, but the first one was wilder because you had, you got to remember, you had once you had Zane, Bow Wow, B2K. Um, who else would come out on some days? Man, it was so many up and coming people that's big now that was coming out, but then I can't remember. But just that alone, Zane, B2K, Bow Wow, Sammy. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. The heartthrobs. It was crazy. The, yeah, it was crazy. Y'all was the heartthrobs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Shout out to my guys too, man. I love what they're doing with that Millennium Tour too. Now, speaking of Bow Wow, you do have a Jersey story uh, that happened with with y'all on set with Hardball. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, wait. Can you? I want to know about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, like when you're dealing with two child stars, you know what I'm saying? Because Bow Wow, that's a child star. That, that nigga been getting his, get money for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So. You had eagles clashing, you know what I'm saying? We're all doing a song together. We're on, we're on, we're in LA, and um, I'm from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Atlanta, but I was born in Yonkers, raised in Atlanta. But I was been in Atlanta since I was three years old. Like, I'm from Atlanta, and I always thought Bow Wow was from Ohio, right? Am I right? <laughs> Columbus, right? I remember. You know what I'm saying? I remember. So. When the concept was, we all wearing jerseys from where we from, I said, okay, Yonkers doesn't have a jersey. Atlanta does, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so I put on the Atlanta jersey. I put Atlanta jersey. 
my brother comes out with the same Atlanta jersey on, right? So I'm like, hold up, bro. We can't both wear the same jersey. He's like, you know, Bow Wow boss. He's like, well, take yours off then. I'm like, what you mean? Oh, take Bow Wow told you to take your jersey off. He said, well, off. take yours off then. I said, nah, bro, you got to take yours off from Atlanta, homie. We from Ohio, Swayo, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, he threw his little Bow Wow fit, you know, you know the Bow Wow fit. You know what I'm saying? Boy started throwing that tantrum. <laughs> you know, we both got we both got our, you know what I'm saying, our short man complex, you know what I'm saying? We was like, you know, it's Napoleon syndrome over this motherfucker. He was like, nah, dog, you gotta take that jersey. I'm like, nah, you gotta take yours off. And we was like, we wasn't having it. We was both like, nah, we just gonna do this motherfucker together then. And that nigga Jermaine was like, yo, Bow, go take the jersey off, change the jersey. That nigga Bow was heated. Right. That nigga ain't like, that. That nigga ain't like hey, that nigga ain't like me every since, dog. <laughs> that nigga ain't like me every since. I love Bow Wow. That nigga little Bow Wow do not like me. So I'm gonna tell you, this nigga Bow Wow used to torture me after that, right? We used to be on tour, right? I have I remember I bought the the Dr. Dre Chronic the Chron the, the um the Chronic CD when it first came out, the, the second one, the next episode on it, right? I'm bumping that motherfucker right before my show. I'm doing pull-ups and shit. I'm feeling good. This nigga Bow Wow running my room and he snatched my shit. He snatched my shit out the CD player. Fresh new CD. He runs. And I'm like, this little motherfucker. So I chased this nigga down. I chased this nigga all the way in the backstage. He just disappeared with the CD. I don't think I ever got the CD back. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't think I ever got the CD back. So then... I did something to this nigga. Oh, I know what I did. So to get him back, I said, okay, I'ma wait till he get fresh as fuck. He fresh as hell. He about to go on stage. He think he finna just go rock this shit. I come out with a fucking a bucket of water and I splash this nigga. On the new fit that he got to pull On the new in? fit before he go on stage. Got his ass. He's like, oh, this nigga gots to go. <laughs> so oh he tries to get me God. kicked off the tour. <laughs> He's like, oh, hell no, nah. he got to go. So he comes back, and this little nigga grabbed, remember the old sidekicks, the old mm -hmm. pages? This nigga grabbed my sidekick and throws it in the fucking ice cooler. The cooler you hold your drinks in, he puts it in the cooler. So I'm like, dog, where my fucking charger at, bro? Where my phone, where my, my sidekick at, bro? He's like, don't worry, bro, it's on ice, bro. It's, it's chilling, it's chilling. I never got the fucking joke. This nigga like, it's on ice, it's chilling. So I'm like, what the fuck this nigga talking about? And I guess I go in there to get a soda and I see my fucking two-way on ice. And I just lost it. I lost it. Every day it was war after that. I'm like, yo, as soon as this nigga come through the door. Did y'all eventually, you know, hash We out never the... made up. Oh. We never made up, yo. <laughs> I, think I, I think I see that nigga like 10 years later. Now I think I see Valvo like, five six years later and we did a show together in um in florida and um he tried to get me again i said damn dog i think he didn't even notice it so we was on a show together and i was supposed to perform and then bow wow was coming out he wasn't supposed to perform he was just going to say hi to the fans at this time bow wow bigger than life i think i had stepped off the scene for a minute and bow wow was bigger i think he had johnson family vacation out this, right, nigga, this yeah. nigga going off you know what i'm saying so I'm like, all right, well, if I could perform first, the people still gonna stay there to see Bow. All right, cool. This little nigga's like, I wanna go on before he performs. I'm like, oh, hell no, right? 
Because you know what's going to happen. The big act go on before you come on. Niggas start leaving this shit. <laughs> so this nigga Bow goes on first. I think he did shit on purpose. Nigga Bow goes on first, right? Hey, y'all. Blah, 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 blah. All right, y'all, I'm out. And the crowd start dispersing, right? My ass took the mic real quick. Went ahead and grabbed the DJ to get that nigga my shit real quick. It's like, hey, hold y'all, y'all. <laughs> rock that motherfucker. They all turned around. Like, for what real. What song did you uh, rock out I to? I think as soon as it started, I started, like, calling me or something like that. I had to play something. I knew they was going right. to get that. I knew, like, whatever was going to catch their fucking attention to make them doom, doom. I did one of them joint something. But it was just, with me, I love Bow to death. Like, people always ask me about Bow, and I tell them that's my nigga. Like, I can say, you know how you got a homie, and you can talk shit about him, but nobody else can't. Like, me and Bow don't even, like, kick it like that. But, like, that's my childhood memories. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, so that's always be with me, like, shit like that. Me and my brothers laugh about it. Like, yeah, that nigga was crazy. Um, but, you know, we ain't got a chance to really kick it, kick it, kick it like that as grown-ups. But I'm sure when we get together, it's going to be some exciting shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't put two young stars that have been doing this shit forever in a room together and magic don't happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just all right. of I always say it's all about timing. I think I want to do shit with all these people that people want to see me work with again and shit. I just think it's just timing. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Now, your second album, there was actually some issues with that, starting off with the name change and your label trying to make you change the name. So yeah. what happened? What all happened with that? People always trying to change you, like change my name and shit. Like, Wikipedia be lying on me, everything. People always trying to change you, man, like make up shit about you. So like the label just like, let's do something exciting. Let's change the name. And like like they had this bright ass idea. And I'm like, bro, that shit is, just put a new album out, bro. We ain't gotta change the name. Like just put an album out. And um, they kept trying to change the name and I kept fighting them on it. But then I'm like, fuck it, just do it. You know what I'm saying? But what they didn't notice that when they changed the name, people gonna go under the L's still to look for your shit. If it's Lil Zane, I'm going to the L's. When, when I was going to Walmart shit and, buy, and Best Buy and FYE buying shit, when, we, when they used to have record CDs, I used to go like, if you're looking for Tupac, you're going to tease. Yeah, you can't change him to Pac overnight. You can't change Tupac to Pac. I'm not going to the P's to look for Pac. And then people, attention span ain't that long. So I think when people was going to look for the Lil Zane album, they wasn't gonna take the time to go look under the Zane, you know what I'm saying? So I think changing my name really, really like, it kind of put a damper on my record sales too, you know what I mean? But you can't really blame it on that either because they only, my, my, my label only pressed up like 30,000 copies of my record. And I found that out later. I found out they only pressed up 30,000 copies of the record. So when we sold them copies, people was coming up to me at autograph sessions like, yo, I can't get the record, I can't find a record. And I never knew why, but it's cause you only got 30,000 records and it's 30,000 stores. That mean only each store got one record. You get what I'm saying? Wow. So it's like, I'm having autograph sessions, hundreds of people online and they running out of records. What do you do at that point? You know what I'm saying? So I think it was like a plan to try to like sabotage my, my situation. And then, or I think they just didn't know what to do with me. You know what I mean? Cause I was going through some crazy management shit and all that shit, but I had a lot of fun working on my second album. I don't take anything back. I think my second album made me who I was. And those 30,000 people, and those, and you, you gotta remember, then bootleg started. 
Naps, Napster started too. I'm going back. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta remember. That second album, LimeWire, had just started too. So let's so let's keep in mind. So let's keep in mind. Thirty thousand sold, and then I I add to the LimeWire. I gotta say another million, two million, three million that downloaded that bitch and didn't have to pay oh, nothing. LimeWire was coming out. Listen, Napster, LimeWire, all of uh, them hit during yeah. that. Not making no excuses. But what I'm just saying is trying to, you got to give the whole situation. So when I look back on, back on it now, you know what I'm saying? I was kind of, all these years, I was like, where did they go wrong? Was it the name change? You know, because I've seen artists change their name all the time and people still, you know, support it. When Lil Wayne went to Wheezy and Tucci, we still know who he is, you know. But you don't change the album to Tucci. Tucci has never had an album called Tucci. You get what I'm saying? We call him Tucci because... That's what we know, Lil Wheezy, Wheezy Baby. You never bought a Wheezy album. You always bought a Lil Wayne album. You get what I'm saying? You right. never bought a, you know, um, um, Jay-Z. It's Hova all day, Hova, Jigga. You buy a Jay-Z album. You know what I'm saying? So when you, I always use this example, when you buying Dow Soap, Dow Soap don't switch the fucking name on you. Mal Soap, you're gonna be like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah, it's the same one. We just changed the name. I don't want that shit. I'm gonna go over here and buy some, some um, some, some you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah, and you got and, and when you learn business, excuse my cursing, but when you learn business, you start seeing where the where the where the um, you know where the the faults were made. You can't take a superstar. I was a superstar. You can't change it. I won't even say superstar. I'm gonna take that back. Bust your bubble for a minute. Hold up. I was on the rise to become, not in your eyes, in some people's eyes I might be a superstar, but me now knowing the levels of superstar, I wouldn't call it a superstar. I was on a break to being that superstar I was going. So you can't change somebody's name in the middle of them becoming what they're about to become. Right. And I went through a lot getting my name back just with the public. Because when you say, oh, I'm changing my name, then you come back, now I'm Lil Zane still. They're like, nigga, what is it? Which one is it? You know? needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba da ba 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 right. you know what I'm uh-huh. and it's just like you gotta go through explaining to people why you still the same person or whatever but you know um, that was my thing when you change the name on the album and you change the you, you, you kind of you kind of put a damper in the artist of what they everything they've been working on already you know what i'm saying so for years i've been trying to reach out to my fans let them know we ain't changed Lil zane's still the same i just i just went in and started working on my new shit and like i said that second album i'm proud of it because it has some hits on it uh tonight i'm yours with tonight Jane. i'm yours was a hit iou was a hit i'm um, all money ain't good money i had a i mean it was, i had a i had some bangers i was going through some tough times on that album but um, I feel like I had some bangers on there. Um, I'm gonna just be real too. The second album is probably my, my worst album to me. You know what I mean? Because my first album, I was writing everything. I was, I was going in. And then my second album, I feel like Priority kept trying to bring in writers and shit like that and all that shit. And I just wasn't getting along with none of them niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, you coming off a double platinum album, double platinum single, and then they talking about some, let's get you with these writers. It was, a, it was all a plan of like, you know how like these little A&Rs got writers signed to them. 
So they're bringing their writers in, trying to get credit on your shit. So they're going back, oh, he needs it. We should have him get some writers. But all, the whole objective was to get their people in there. So that whole second album, and I never said this in an interview, but that whole second, I can say it now, because we up now. I don't give a fuck about none of them niggas. <laughs> Suck my dick, nigga. We up, nigga. Hey, look. But um, with the, the real shit is that niggas tried to sabotage my second album. My whole second album, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a kickback. You know what I'm saying? Niggas took advantage of somebody that was, I was a kid and I was a superstar. And I didn't have a lot of family around me. My dad was in jail. My mom was on drugs. And you got you had a bunch of grown people taking advantage of a of a young guy that that was really just a loyal young nigga, you know what I'm saying? So my second album was a, a bunch of money, millions of dollars being spent to make niggas around me rich, and just leave me in the gutter, you know what I'm saying? So after that, I was left out to dry after my second album. From that, I was just on my own, and I started going independent, you know what I mean? And then and worked my way back up to where I'm at now, you know what I'm saying? But that's just the truth. I never sat down on TV. You know, so y'all getting the real on the porch shit, off the porch, on the porch, whatever the <laughs> shit called, man. Just know, you know what it is. Hey, real shit, you ain't gonna get nothing but real spill from me all day. That's why, that's why my interviews are so dope, because I really, really, I try to keep it as real as I you're, can. You're keeping it very real. I try to keep it as real you're, as I fucking can. You're transparent can. And, right now. We you love know what I'm saying? Transparent, <laughs> very humbly when I speak. I swear to God, I'm the most humblest person you know. But it is what it is. Niggas try to sabotage me. Like niggas didn't expect me to be on the off the porch. What's this shit called? What's it, what's it called? Off the porch. Off the porch. Yes. Yo, niggas didn't expect me to be off the porch. You know what I'm saying? I'm off the porch, but I'm on the porch. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? That, talk that, it. Talk you know we talking talk. that shit. Niggas didn't expect this, and I just feel like, you know, it's it's an honor to be here. You know what I mean? It's an honor to be still still standing here because. That second album did put me through a lot. Like, I feel like niggas tried to sabotage my career and just misguide me, you know what I'm saying? Take my self-esteem away, take my confidence away, isolate me from the niggas that love me and the people that make me who I am and the things that make me who I am. And that's why I left the industry for a while and had to just get away from everybody and find out who I was again and what I'm about and, you know, raise my family and, you know, start other businesses so I could learn, like, you know, it's other shit besides music if this music shit don't work. Right. That's all that shit taught me. It made me a real hustler, you know what I'm saying? And then I just hustled my way back into the music game and back into the film and, you know, so here we are now, you know what I mean? All right, so I'm finna throw a curveball at you. Let's do it. There's no <laughs> now, curves. Now, Tyler, no. the creator. That's not a curveball, that's a cheese ball. <laughs> so. I love Tyler though. There was a point in time where you guys, and I find this like really random, y'all were going back and forth. I understand this though. Me and Tyler, we, we you know what I'm saying, we got this, we got this, you know what I'm saying, we got this thing with each other, man, you know what I'm saying, not like that, no homo, you know what I'm saying? But like, when I was first getting introduced to the, the, the social media world, I was on, I think, was it Twitter or something? It's, Twitter or yeah, something. Yes, Twitter. And he kept saying, like, you know how he play. Yeah. I'm on here trying to be cool and jump on a new social media and shit. I'm trying to be cool knowing I don't know shit about this shit. Like, I'm not as, I wasn't as savvy and, you know, I ain't had no blue check yet. You know what I'm saying? Put it that way. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't popping on social media yet. I was just getting into this shit. So he kept saying, where's Gucci? Where's Lil Zane? Where's Gucci? I kept seeing this little shit. And I'm like, <laughs> so my dumb ass, I'm like being how cool I am. Everybody know I'm a cool nigga. And I said, yo, what up, bro? What up, though? You know what I'm saying, son? I, I added the nigga like, what up? What's Gucci? And the nigga's like, ah, I told you, Zayn. Like, 
that was the joke. I didn't fucking get it. Like, that's the joke. Like, that's the shit. Like, is that funny or something? I don't, I don't understand what's so funny about it. But like, to the world, to the world, the shit was funny. You know what I mean? And I didn't know what it was at first. Remember, I'm new to social media. I didn't know people. That was my first, um, my first experience of trolling. Yes. My first troll was Tyler the Creator. Hey, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to say. But you gotta remember how I'm looking at it. At this point in my career, this is like 2000. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like 2010. Now this might be 2011, 12. This might mm-hmm. be 2012. At this point, Lil Zane been ducked off in the corner for years. I ain't fuck with nobody. I ain't bothered nobody. So I couldn't believe this young nigga just mentioning my name like what's wrong with this nigga i didn't know i didn't know i didn't know who he was but once i found out i did feel kind of crazy because i did kind of like i was on a whole rampage on these niggas fuck them niggas da, da, da. yeah but then you learn about social media and you learn the shit is just so niggas be doing shit for clout whatever you know what i mean but shout out to tyler the creator that's my dog you know what i'm saying and you know what these niggas always taking shots at me in their little interviews and shit so you know, I started to learn how they get down, but <laughs> I, just for the record, I ain't got no beef with Tyler Creative, man. I ain't got no beef with none of them niggas, man. I don't even know them niggas. I never met these niggas. <laughs> these niggas know me. Understand, I'm a fucking legend. These niggas know me. Like, I don't be knowing these niggas. These niggas be yelling my name in records. I don't be knowing none of these niggas. I don't even know what they, what the name of their song be. I don't know none of that shit. And that's the truth to God. I ain't just saying it. I don't know one Tyler the Creator song. You know what I'm saying? But I. I did see a nigga perform one time, and I thought the nigga show was dope. I thought he performed Tyler dope. Tyler is hella dope. I think I thought he was dope. I don't I don't really get into his music, but you know I thought he was dope. I think if we sat down and I, can, I get along with everybody, man. I think if we sat down, he'd be a cool dude. But I ain't the nigga niggas need to be joking with. I ain't that nigga, bro. Like I really gets it in. You know what I'm saying? My you shit. see on BMF. My shit. My shit. My shit. Real. But outside <laughs> of TV, my shit. I'm just a cool dude too, though. You right. don't do that to cool niggas, like. I'm a cool nigga, like, take that clown shit somewhere else over there. We doing some real shit over here. You know what I'm saying? Now, we have to get into your acting. I remember my first time seeing you on the big screen was Dr. Doolittle 2. So yeah. you got to talk to us about that. How did that come about? Man, Dr. Doolittle 2 came about just me again, my big old mouth. I used to I used to foresee shit, too. I used to envision shit. And I... I, I I visioned me writing for Raven Simone, so I used to write for her all the time. And I ran into her one time at a mall, and Lennox Mall, ran into her. She was a, you know, I told her I write. We end up, you know, working together on some writing stuff outside of TV. And then the opportunity came up when they were doing Dr. Doolittle. And um, the dude that was doing Dr. Doolittle that, um, that, that directed it, name is Steve Carr, he shot my, one of my videos before for me. Um, called Money Stretch, and the way he shot the video back then, I told him, I'm like, the way this, the way this video look, it's gonna be, you're gonna be a, a movie director one day. And um, his first movie that he got to direct was Dr. Doolittle, and he said he remembered I told him that, and when the part came up for her to have, to need a boyfriend or something like that, he, he had mentioned me to them, and so they flew me out there, and being that I had met her already prior, she was like, yeah, I met dude before he was cool. You know, cause they asked her, of course, they asked her, would you be cool with this person or this person playing opposite of you? And um, she was like, you know, I fuck with Lil Zane, you know what I mean? So shout out to Raven. And that was just, you know, 
right place, right time again, you know? And did you feel any pressure? Cause you know, you work with like Eddie Murphy, Raven Simone, the actor. So when you yeah. had to play your parts, were you like, I don't know? <laughs> I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't really feel no, well at that time, you know, I was just excitement. I don't think it was pressure. I think it was more excitement. Just, you know, you in the presence of, Ray, you grew up watching Raven on, on Cosby's show, on different, different shit. And then you got Eddie Murphy, Harlem Nights. I grew up watching Harlem Nights and for, for Nettie Professor, all that. So it's like, then you finally get to work with these people. It is kind of, um, it could be kind of um, overwhelming, but I wouldn't call it like pressure. You know, I, you know, I feel like I'm big just like them. You know right. what I'm saying? In my head at that time too, I probably <laughs> thought I was bigger than Eddie Murphy. I don't know, you know what I mean? But when you, at, at that young, I don't think it's really any pressure. I think it's really excitement. Um, I was just happy to be on set, you know, working with people that I grew up, you know, watching. Yeah. And at that moment, did you know, like, you were going to become a full-time actor? Yeah. When you're on set and you're getting spoiled and they're bringing you everything you want, you're like, oh, my God, I need a, a cough drop. And they just run and <laughs> grab you eight bags of cough drops. And you're like, man, I need breakfast. They're like, what kind of breakfast? You're like, well, you used to just one, one cereal, cereal oatmeal, what you want? Your mama tell you, man, they got all type of choices. Your money come on time. You ain't gotta like watch it back. You know what I'm saying? When you on when you on the road or we in these clubs doing this music, you know what I'm saying? We constantly watching our back. You paranoid. You going in these cities, you don't know what what club you about to walk into, what you about to walk into. But like when you're doing film and you're doing TV, it's just so like, you know how it is, bro. It just be so like everything's on time and we gotta be here at 12, three. There's a, everything is just so planned out. So um, I, I knew once I got on that set and I seen that, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, this the life right here. I was calling my homies from the trailer like, hey dog. Then I called one of hey dog, hey, hey, look at this dog. <laughs> you know, hold on, watch this dog. Hey man, I'm thirsty. Oh, bring the water. Okay, you saw that dog? Let's get, like, you get bragging rights on the set because you, it's, it's different from, you know, you do that on when you, I mean, it's a certain level of music you get to. You do that too. Like, I'm sure like my music, like, when you're on tour with Whitney in Houston, I mean, we was getting the same thing, but I'm talking about consistently on a set. I've never been on a set and like got paid late or something like that. In the, in the music industry, anything happened. You might not get paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> show might get canceled. They shoot the show up, something crazy. But like, when you're doing um, t TV and film, it just be more like, you know, just more planned out. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to travel as much because you're usually in one place for like a couple months or a couple weeks. Spend more time with your family. You know what I mean? You spend less money when you do movies because when you're out of town, what you doing out of town? You, you spending money, you know? When you're in town, you shoot movies. When you shoot movies, you're not really spending no money giving you all type of shit. Per diem, paying right. for where you staying at. You know, you got car service all day. So, you know, you get spoiled with that movie check, but ain't nothing like this music game because the music game is just like, you get to be so much more creative with music, you know what I mean? And travel the world, you know, fan. I, I remember places I've been at in life from music. I, from music I listened to or heard before. I ain't really, I don't really listen to movies, but that movie came out, 
I was doing this. You really, you go by songs when you think of like where you were at the time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I enjoy music still because it's just like a music give you that feeling. It create memories, you know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna fast forward because we have to talk about BMF and okay, your character, Saki. So talk to us about the dynamic of your character on the show. Dynamic of my character on my show, um, Saki is like, I would say like the muscle, the muscle or like the, 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 he's the muscle or kind of like the, you know, the, the protection of the crew. You know, he's kind of like a third brother to Meech and, um, and Vinci. And um, he's like a third brother to Meech and Terry. He's, um, he's like, you know, he's part of the 50 boys, but it seems like to me and to the viewers, like, you know, he's just, Meech trusts this guy. Meets trust Saki a lot. Um, Terry trusts Saki a lot. And, um, you know, right now in the show, it's just Saki's just like that character is not having it. And he got they back. And out of all the characters right now seem like Saki the most loyalist right now. <laughs> if you look at it, Saki's right. the most loyalist character right now. Like, you know, everybody you could kind of look at, be Mickey and say, oh shit, like, what he, what he doing? Kato, she, you know, already know she with Lamar. She, you ain't got no dirt on Saki. Saki staying true to the game. You know what I'm saying? So that's my character, just like me in real life, just loyal, you know, not having it, and um, just down for his family, man, down for it, down for his crew. And um, yeah, I think, I think. Um, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. That's what that's that's what's gonna catch people with this series, like just seeing what Saki does and how he cause he ain't no joke. I can't really give it away. I feel like you like I'm trying hey. to hold back. I can't give it away. <laughs> but I think people are gonna really be excited about like, you know, especially this fifth episode coming up. This fifth episode coming up this Sunday, like you know, people are gonna really get a whiff at of what Saki is about, you know? Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth episode. It's about to get crazy. So are you watching it with us or you've already seen like all of the I'm watching it with y'all. Really? Yeah. So you exciting. be having the same reactions like damn. I'm having I can't the same believe. reaction. Cause oh, a lot of it cool. I wasn't there for. I might have read the script, mm -hmm. but a lot of it I wasn't there for. Like, you know, I might have been I might not been there when they shot it. So I'm anxious to see just like y'all, like how they shot it and you know, of course, when I was doing ADR, we was doing some voiceovers. They showed us a little bit of it, but, you know, I haven't seen most of it, so it's dope. Now, you know, 50 Cent has power. He has Raising Canaan, so now yeah. we have BMF series. You can't be biased either. So do you think that the BMF series, after you finish watching all of it, it might just be the yes. one that's better than power? Listen, it's not because I'm biased. Power is a made-up story. BMF is true. BMF is a true story. I'd rather take the real over the fake any day. You know what I'm saying? It's a true story. So, and, and, and it's real, and it's still happening now. You ain't got a story about some niggas that's dead. You got a story about some brothers that's living and live and still right. out here. Like, this shit could go on forever. You know what I'm saying? This TV show could go on forever. It's still living. What happens when, you know, so we think we know what happens, but what happens really? You know, so I think that's what makes this show doper than all those other shows is because you're kind of watching it in real time too. 
You know what I'm saying? You're watching it in real time if you look at it. Like, yeah, he's telling you a story of what he's been through, but the guy's still alive. So when he gets out, what does he do? Because he's going to get out soon. Big Meech going to get out soon. Then that's another story. Now you add to that. So, you know. Have you guys got to hear from Meech uh, the feedback on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes the show. Um, Lil Meech was reading a letter to us that he wrote. Well, he put it on Instagram and um, he sent it to a few of us and it was just saying how like, you know, he proud of him and, you know, and I, you know, we get to talk to a couple of the other people that's part of the BMF and stuff like that. And, you know, I know a couple of the guys too and they always tell us they are proud of us, man, because, you know, it's a definitely a good story that, you know, they're playing it out right. The scene, the way it looks, you know, the way they talk and just, you know, um, everything they're doing so far, I think people are in the, are enjoying and you know of course they had to add stuff to it and mm -hmm. stuff like that to keep it entertaining but I think overall you know you got the family involved you got the, the actual mom involved and you got Meech and the son involved so it's a real authentic show it's like one of the most authentic shows probably the most authentic show on TV because you got the families really involved and their producers and executive producers on the show so I think that's what makes it like really 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 special. And I want to give you your flowers because you're doing an amazing job like Thank an you. actor. I watched your web Thank series too, uh, The Thank Bottom. You. Thank you. You are, see, you're see, doing what you need to do. See, you see what I'm talking about? You're doing what That's you need what I'm to saying. do. That's what I'm saying. Thank you for that, first of all, for recognizing because as a, over the years, um, people think I just pop back up on BMF and that's not true. It's not true at all. I've been out here grinding like, I did four episodes of the Bottom Web Series. We got a Bronze Lens Award. I don't know if you guys know what a Bronze Lens Award is, but it's, pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Got a Bronze Lens Award for Best Web Series. And that just opened up a bunch of doors for me too. I'm doing some crazy deals on, with that. Um, you know, I got a, I got a TV, a, a TV show, um, I mean, a, a TV show being shot right now called The Fellas with me, Rod Minger, Nav Green, um, um, Jackie O, DC Young Fly's wife. Um, I got a, you know, a gang of other stuff that I've been working on. You know, so we didn't just pop back up on the BMF. We've been out here grinding. Again, thank you for checking out the show. What you thought? What you thought about it? It's kind of dope. I think it's good. Yeah. We need more though. We need just more. Stop it. We need no, more. and I'm gonna tell you the story. We were gonna shoot the fifth, sixth, and seventh episode, but I got called to do BMF. So we were shooting that before, um, before the BMF came in. So. You know, BMF kind of put everything to a hold, but we're about to we're about to start shooting again. So into the acting, I do want to add though. I really pray that we get more artists to step into acting because I want to see the newer generations of rappers start doing it. You know, like it started with Tupac, then you got DMX, Ice Cube, you Bow Wow. You guys all ventured into the acting, and I feel like that's where the longevity be at. Is that man? Shit, you telling me? I think um. Acting's where it's at, man. Any form of entertainment. I'm just an entertainer all around. You know what I'm saying? You put me in a play, a movie, write a script. I write scripts. I do all. I just love entertainment. Like, I was born to be entertaining. Like, and that's what people don't understand about me. Like, this ain't just, like, no rap shit. This is just, like, you're looking at somebody who was born to do this shit. Like, I, I did a lot of other shit that I'm probably not happy about. <laughs> but, like, this right here, nothing else goes right for me. This right here always go right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a digger that could try to do anything. You could go start something and be successful. I try to do the same shit and it won't work. 
You know what I mean? It's just like God just put some people in a position where they just supposed to do this. Like, and I think people can see with me now, like, you know, this is what I was born to do. Like, I really don't do nothing else but do this. Like, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? And getting back into the rap shit, you just dropped 325. So we got to talk about that single. What was it like for you to put this out now on streaming platforms? Man, this, it feel good to put a new single out. I got two new singles out. I just dropped another single Sunday called Roly. So I got 325 AM new video out. I got Roly new video out. And you know what I'm saying? Humbly, respectfully saying this shit, I promise you. Respectfully, I mean this. Like, I'm the best to do this shit. Like, niggas ain't fucking with me. I swear to God, niggas not fucking with me. Like, there's some dope artists out, and I wanna work with all of them. But do not come in the studio thinking you just finna shit on my shit. No, nigga. It's not going like that. If you come and get the old Zane, you gotta go buy the old album. This new <laughs> shit is another wave, man. Like, I'm on a whole nother wave. Like, this ain't no artist trying to come back. This ain't none of that. This is a nigga that been studying and doing this shit all my life. Like, I'm with the shits, like I'm with the times. Like, when you hear my new shit, you gonna hear the new wave. You're not hearing that, you know what I'm saying? You're not hearing, that's why I be fucked up when people say Tupac, because I got so many styles. When you you hear do. This, like, I found my way. Like, I had to, it took me a while to find my way because I'm so, you know how they say you're a jack of all trades? Sometimes it's not so good to be a jack of all trades. Sometimes you gotta tone in and narrow in on something and be, and be that. You know what I'm saying? And I think with this new album, I know with this new album, I found that, I found that 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 I was good at this, this, that. Remember how you said? Remember I told you I took a little bit of everybody and put it in one. I finally figured out what that one is. And now when you hear me and you see me and you feel me, you know that's Lil Zane. You know what I'm saying? And you know. You ain't gonna hear my new album and say, oh, that's too, the nigga wanna be Tupac. You ain't gonna hear that. Like I took all these years, I took time off and I, I, I forgot everything I learned about music and I unlearned it and I made myself think I ain't no shit. I said, yo, I gotta go hang around a bunch of young niggas. I gotta go <laughs> hang around a bunch of young chicks. I gotta hang around, I gotta hang around the clubs. I gotta hang around these DJs. I gotta go get, I gotta watch new TV shows. I gotta look at these YouTubes. I gotta, I gotta stay in the streets because I wanted to know what the new slang was, what the new wave was, what the new, what's new out here. And to know what's new, you gotta be out here, right? So I got in the streets for a couple years, doing everything I probably shouldn't been doing. Just to, <laughs> just to, just to be able to say, that's what make Lil Zane different from other artists and I'm gonna end it on that because these other artists they they only lived in Hollywood since since these other artists from from that time was out that's all they did because they never they just been living in Hollywood Lil Zane like at the top of my career shit crumbled for me so I had to really go back to the streets I had to really go back to doing what I do you know what I'm saying and that shit created stories and created a new it, it made it built character I remember calling my dad one time, like, man, I'm going through it, dog. Shit's... He was like, that's good. That's good. And I was so mad at him, you know what I'm saying? But I understood what that mean now. I was building character. Everything I was going through, all the money I lost, all the women I lost, all the opportunities that passed that I thought I should have had and didn't get, it's all coming full circle now, and I'm getting those opportunities. And Because, like, I just didn't stop. I just kept going, and 
You know, I recognize that, you know, you put in the work, it's gonna come back. You know what I mean? So that's what I did for the last 10 years. I just went and put in a lot of work, recorded every day, took acting classes. So if I was ever had the opportunity again, my shit gonna be so crazy. And that's why my shit about to be so crazy. Cause I've been out here getting this shit. <laughs> I go in the studio five hours and I do five songs. I don't play, but they don't, but they don't be no, you know when niggas going, I did five songs, five out. Nah, ain't no shit like that. No, these shits is banging. Like, and I don't, you know, a lot of people say my shit's the shit. I ain't gonna go into all that. I just, I just can't wait for y'all to hear this new project. I'm really excited about it. I work hard on it, you know, and um, like I said, y'all getting a whole new wave, man. I'm excited about it. Excited. BMF, you know, shout out to my nigga 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? The whole BMF cast, the whole staff, and, um, you know, shout out to Moolah making music. You know, follow me at Lil Zane's World. My gang, follow me. My gang fucking with me all the way. All my niggas, man, all the media, all that shit, man. Like, this shit going up now. It's going up now. Like, but this is all hard work paying off, I promise. Like, humbly speaking, like, I only sit up here and pop this shit because I feel like I earned that shit. I earned it. Like, niggas watch, niggas, niggas know they walk past me. Niggas know they walk past me, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't sitting here being like, oh, you walk past me, look at me now. No, that's right. not, that's not what I'm on. I'm just like, I let the work show. You know what I'm saying? Period. I be walking to the nigga smiling, what's up nigga, we gonna get in nigga. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's not like that. It's like, I ain't on no Eagle trip shit. You know what I'm saying? Them niggas just gotta pay more. You know what I'm saying? Them niggas gotta just pay more. You know, but we all, but we ain't turning down no money. We ain't on no Eagle trip because I understand when you hot, you hot, you know what I'm saying? When you building, you building, when you're not, you're not. So it's like, I ain't never, in, I, don't, I don't never feel entitled. You know what I'm saying? I'm always willing to prove myself, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's how I came up, you know what I'm saying? I'm always willing to prove myself cause I work, I work super hard. So, you know, nobody gonna outwork me. Nobody gonna outshine you. Nobody can outwork you, outshine you if you in your own zone. I don't got no competition like, that's one thing about me, I don't got no competition. I never seen nobody's competition. My whole shit just been timing. Like, when it's your time, it's your time. And we ended on that. Like, it's your time, it's your time. Y'all heard it from the source. Now, any last words or shout outs? I'm gonna shout out my grandma. She just passed away. You know, shout out my nana. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. Shout out my mom, you know what I'm saying? Big Zane, my brothers, my sister. Shout out Big D. You know, all the niggas that's been down with me, my niggas locked up, Justin, Show, you know what I'm saying? Dante, everybody, you know what I'm saying? That's locked up. I got so many niggas locked up, I can't name all y'all niggas. <laughs> but, um, you know, my fans, um, off the porch, you know what I'm saying, for interviewing me. You know what I'm saying? I just wanna let y'all know, like, you know, shit. It's real with me, man. Like, it's real with me. Like, over the years, I feel, I, I'm so glad I get to reintroduce myself to you guys. Like, it feels good to be on the porch, off the porch, but on the porch, sitting here, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't got the story these other niggas got, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I ain't shot, killed nobody, nothing like that. But I do got a pretty, dope story, you know what I'm saying? I'm a pretty dope individual if you get to know me, you know what I'm saying? And um, again, like, you know, 
some people is meant to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Niggas meant to do this shit, man. For real, for real, for real. We back. <laughs> we back. That's all I'm gonna say. We back. BMF, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my dog Scrappy. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my nigga Akon. You know what I'm saying? Just niggas that, you know what I mean? That I grew up with, that I rock with. Rest in peace to DMX. You know, shout out to the Locks, my Yonkers family. You know what I mean? People don't know I was born in Yonkers. I'm really, really tied to Yonkers. You know? And um, yeah. And again, shout out to 50, man. Green light game. We back. Shout out to Stars. That's my family right there. We about to get a lot of money together. Y'all don't even know what I got in store, man. I got movies, man. I'm trying to be the next 50 Cent, man. I got movies coming out, TV shows. You know what I mean? It's bigger than just acting in a TV show. You know, we about to be, you know, 50 giving you the game. He showed you the game. He showed you the game. Like, if nobody showed you the game, 50 showed you the game. So every artist, how you say you want to see more artists act, I want to see more artists do like 50 did. Fuck just being in a movie, dog. Make that shit, write that shit, put that shit out. Do the boosie, nigga. Do the, do the 50, do the boosie. Like, at least boosie over there trying. I fuck with boosie. Boosie said, I'm doing this shit regardless. So, you know, I ain't gonna keep the interview going. I know y'all got other people to interview. But when you're on a porch like this, it just make you feel like you're on the porch. You know what I'm saying? You feel like you just wanna, you just wanna let the, just tell game to the world. Like, I wanna give up too much game, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather show y'all than tell y'all. And I'm pretty sure, like, you know, if y'all wasn't listening before, y'all listening now, cause I'd rather listen to a nigga that been through it, dog. I don't wanna listen to a nigga that talking about he ain't been through it. Like, niggas know I been through it. You done seen me, you done seen me walking down, walking down Memorial Drive, walking to the Planet Fitness. That's, oh shit, that's Lausanne? The fuck? You know what I'm saying? Now you see me riding by in that Bentley, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Coming through. And I remember when I lost my car and lost all my bread, I used to walk up the hill and I used to be embarrassed. Like, fuck, this nigga's going to see me and they're going to laugh at me and they're going to post me on Instagram. And then I said, yo, fuck it. Z, take that shit. Because if you know what you're doing and you grinding, these same niggas that's laughing at you, when you up, they're going to be in your face. They're going to they gonna forget you was down when you up. So I remember that. So all my shit that I went through, I'm proud of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm proud of that shit. Cause now, you know what I'm saying? Nigga got, nigga got so many opportunities and different shit going on. I'm helping and feeding so many niggas and shit's crazy right now. And it's like, my network is so much bigger. I was out here by myself before and now I'm connected to all these people that really, really fuck with me and love me and they rich as fuck and I'm fucking, I'm like the brokest nigga in my circle, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't even fucked up, you know what I'm saying? It's great. I understand what they say, like, get around people that's like richer than you and you're going to be, the five people you're around is how you're going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feel good, like I said, to be, you know, back doing what I love and in them circles and, you know, now people looking at you more like a, like a businessman and a boss rather than just an artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't just no artist no more. Like, I got people that know me know, like, I, I'm, I write. I, I mean, you know, I do a bunch of shit outside of being an artist. Like, I'm a, I'm a business, you know what I'm saying? I own a water bottle company called Unwind Water. I own a clothing company called Established Black. You know, y'all follow that, establishedblack.com, unwindwaterbottle.com, unwindessentials.com. Like, I sell candles and bathrobes and shit like that. People don't even know. 
Do I have a candle on me in the car? I might have a candle in the car. Oh, yeah, I need to get that. Sorry. You just got this one lady that just want to test your shit all the time. Do you got the candle on you? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I got the candle on me in the car, but um, I could definitely send you some candles. I can hand deliver them to you, whatever you would like. But um, you guys make sure you, um, you know, follow me on, on, my, on my Instagram, Lil Zane's World, on Facebook, Lil Zane, Twitter, Lil Zane, establishedblack.com, that's B-L-A-K. B-L-A-K, unwindwaterbottle.com. You know, we working, man. And thank you for having me, too. These niggas act like my rolly, 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 rolly. Cause all they do is watch, 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 watch. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.